everybody. This is Jamie, owner of Devoted Columbus, and we are here with our podcast, Devoted to the Dirty Details, and I have Tammy with us from Engaged Columbus, and I know her little thing says Allison, so ignore that. And then we have Michelle here who runs our wedding planning department, wedding day assistant, and we're here talking about the reception today, but we're talking about the the elements of building your reception timeline. So things that you want to um, not forget to think about when you're building this timeline. So we just ended with the ceremony portion in your um, grand exit, if you're going to have it, or you're ending with your pictures, but um, you might, after your ceremony, if it's in a different location, go on location for pictures prior to your guests arriving to your um, reception location. So let's talk a little bit about the picture, the pictures that they might go on location and what that means, because they might hear that and say, what are you talking about? Go ahead, Tammy. All right, so I, from what I'm, I, I think this is what you mean is basically the pictures you take after the wedding, the ceremony will determine how much time you need to schedule in your timeline. That's basically it. A lot of this is really going to de depend on how many pictures you got done before the ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of my personal favorite reasons why I love a first look. I love nothing more than getting a majority of the pictures done and out of the way. So the more you can get done before the ceremony, great. Um, I like to say, schedule no more than an hour of of pictures afterwards the reason being is because you have to take your guests who are waiting for you into consideration after an hour they start getting antsy hungry hangry nervous whatever just yeah. my personal you know my personal opinion what do you guys think well and typically it's the parent you're going to do the pictures with the parents first and let them go Mm -hmm. So then you've got left your bridal party and your bride and groom, obviously. And then if they do go on location for pictures, it might mean that they're going to go to different locations before they arrive to the reception location. So they might go to the state house or they might go to the topiary gardens or they might go to the Renaissance or the bridge at the Hilton or I mean, all these great locations, Goodell Park, that they can go and do shots at before they um, they go to the reception or they might go to the reception and do this around the grounds if it's yep. beautiful grounds. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, if you're, if you do everything all in one place, you know, you're going to have, it's, everything's going to be quicker. So if you have to travel and go to these different locations, you have to maybe shorten that travel time or maybe just the bride and groom travel and the yep. bride parties pushed off more, mm -hmm. right? Earlier. Um, but you just have to think about where and how all these pictures are going to take place and who's in them. Um, and then the other part is, will the bridal party get to join the guests for cocktail hour? Um, or do you want them held hostage in a room? <laughs> I'm just kidding. A lot of times they do. They keep them in a private room. Um, and, and they're all announced into the room together. So they kind of wait in the side room, which as long as there's food and drink in there, they're happy. Yes. Um, but I would make sure that that's arranged, that there's food and beverage for that bridal party. Agreed. Yep. 
So then what comes next? So then we have grand entrance. Usually if they choose, if you choose to have a, um, an, a formal introduction into, into your reception, whether that means it is your bridal party and you, or just you or parents bridal party and you, it usually happens after, after a cocktail hour and guests are seated. So maybe we need to back up just a tad. So if you have, let's say you have one hour of pictures, at the end of that hour, um, guests are asked to take their seats for dinner. So that gives you 15 minutes maybe um, to line up, to meet all of your, the rest of your wedding party. You're done with pictures at that point, done. You've got to take a moment and get with your bridal party. Guests are seated and then the DJ or your MC for the evening can help line your bridal party up, whoever's doing the grand entrance, and you can do your formal entrance into your party. So that's typically next, next step. Can I add something very important that we forgot? Yeah. Add a little bit of time into your timeline to get your dress bustled. Oh, yes. Good one. Good call. So, yes. So after pictures, but before you're announced, disappear. How long does that take, Jamie? I guess it depends on how fat how the fingers are of the person doing it. Depends so. on the bustle, yeah, and the person. Because a lot of times, um, you know, maybe mom or matron or maid of honor went with you on that appointment, but many times they thought they knew how and they really don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. don't. Yeah. So it can take longer. Some bustles are a lot easier. It might be just a, I don't know the name of the bustles, but you know, where it's just a hook and you're done. But if it's one where we're matching A to A and B to B and we're, you're looking for all of these high things, underneath. Oh yeah. God. The more complicated, the longer it is. It you're does. Right. I've seen some really, really complicated bustles. So factor that into your timeline. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And at that time too, well, since we're talking about that, we did talk about food and beverage, but that's the time to refresh, um, you know, refresh makeup, go to the bathroom. Um, it's also a time to, if the bridal party was able to go mingle, that we're, you know, gathering up all that bridal party to bring them back and finding the parents and pulling them, you know, it could be all over the place. So. Yeah. Um, a lot for that time frame to collect everybody that you're going to want announced into the room yes. as well. Yeah. Something else to take into consideration, which your, your venue can likely help you with this timing piece, but from the time that, as far as scheduling goes, from the time that guests are asked to be seated to when they have to be seated for your grand entrance, that is important because every little thing up into the moment that food is served has to be on time. So your venue or your caterer may be able to help you depending on your guest size. So if you have um, 400 people, it's gonna take much longer to get guests from cocktail hour to their butts in the seat. Mm -hmm. as opposed to 20 people, it may not take that long. So yeah. something to take in it. And you don't want your guests to be, so if you have 20 people and it takes five minutes to get them seated, you don't want to plan 20 minutes and then they are sitting there doing nothing mm -hmm. and they get restless. So yeah. you want to take that into consideration as well. 
Yeah, there's so much. Like if you're if you're still, I've had many couples still out on a golf course, or and I will not let the guests sit down until I have them in view because mm -hmm. you never know how long it's going to be, and then it's it's just an awkward feeling for the guests because they're sitting and waiting and waiting, and I'd rather have them mingling and enjoying their time you know, so that all has to be, and these are the things you ask your venue coordinator, unless if you don't have a, um, a planner or wedding day assistant, like Michelle said, because um, it can take anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes to get them seated and moved, depending on from what location are they coming from. The other thing is to have, um, ask your venue coordinator too, or whoever, if they're if they have assigned tables, will will somebody be escorting them to their tables? So this might be somebody on your side, you know, that the bride wants to put in charge of that. But it makes things go quicker if you have a larger, you know, a larger um, guest count is to help get them to the table. So we have diagrams and we're taking them right to the table. So they're again, again, it's a good party is one where they know where they're going and what they're doing, or they're guided or instructed. So yes. if you're just like looking all over the room for their table and your signs are this big, mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of frustrating. Mm -hmm. So okay. you want to make it easy and, and a great experience because those great experiences are what they're going to talk about. So. Yeah. And that's another thing. Um, speaking of frustrating, uh, the, big, the big trend right now is open seating for dinner. Let's say you have a buffet. I know you have a buffet. Maybe it's even, uh, we see that a lot with backyard weddings or very, like very DIY locations. We see that a lot where you don't want to take the time to do a seating chart, especially during these times when you don't know people drop out the day up. You just, you mm -hmm. don't, just don't know. Um, I would say the more signage about that, the better. So if it is choose your seat, um, make sure they're aware of that. Make sure that they know that before they get into that room somehow. Again, giving your guests this information up front so they're not confused. Yeah. I would definitely recommend um, not only in signage, but also having the DJ announce whatever it is you want them to know. Yeah. Because let's be honest, people don't read stuff. Don't miss it. <laughs> I yeah. buy it. It happens. So the more avenues you have to get the information out, the better. Utilize your DJ or your band or whoever to explain what happens next. Yeah. And many guests just arrive at the door and they forgot to even pick up their place card or escort card. You know, <laughs> so they're like, oh, what? there was something out there or there was a sign and they didn't see the sign. They didn't so. see it. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to have these these little those, those same greeters at the ceremony to be the greeters at the reception, right? Those mm -hmm. doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, okay, so we are we're announcing them in. You're deciding who you want announced in. Typically, parents. Um, typically, bridal party. Um, if you could do the whole darn bridal party, but I've seen more and more where the parents aren't announced in because they don't really want to, they want to stay with their friends and talk. So yep. they're recognized from their seats, you know, um, this is the parents of the bride, parents of the groom or groom, groom, whatever. Um, and then a lot of times those kids aren't announced in either because they're like, depending on their age, this is when they start melting down. 
So they, you don't want to have this melted down kid that has to be announced almost last in front of the bride and groom either. But if they're older, you can have them. So who's going to be announced? And then are you going to put, pick a song for every single couple? Maybe it's just the don't bride Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just the bride and groom that are announced to it might not even be this entire bridal party. It might just be the, the bride and groom are announced if you want it simple and quick. Especially, can I just say that let's say the pictures did go long and things are taking a long time, consider skipping. You can, you can change things on the day of. Consider skipping the announcements and just have the bride and groom announced and to move things along and move things forward. It's okay to do stuff like that on the day of. So the other option just in line with that is to do all of your bridal party in at once. Welcome the bridal party and yeah. then they go out um, and then you and they have one song and it's short. It's it, they cut it the DJ cuts it off. Yeah. And then you come in, you know, introducing the new Mr. and Mrs. you know that kind of thing. So you can do that as well. The other thing about that is decide where you want your bridal party to go. Yes, I was just thinking that. Oh. That's the biggest thing that I run into when it comes Nightmare. to the grand finale when I'm not planning. Maybe I'm just there as a day of assistant helping out with some tasks. It, nobody knows where to go. They don't know where to go, where to stand once they get in. And, and then once they get in, they don't know where their table is. So yeah. these are things, especially the ones that aren't sitting at the head table. Because yeah. head tables are, there's different things for that too. Anyway, so those are things you have to make sure your bridal party, at least your DJ knows before he introduces himself to them before you do your grand entrance. Yeah. There have been so many events that I've done where I'm like, okay, they're walking, they're coming in, they're doing their little twirlies or whatever, but what if there's not a lot of space in between the tables? Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse yeah. me. It just ruins the whole thing. It's almost like you have to have a clear path yeah. from point A to point B. Yeah. If you do not have a planner or an organizer to help you with this, think about it when you're doing your floor plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes too, um, it is if in tight situations, we have had the bridal party just go to the dance floor and they'll stand around the dance floor. The bride and groom will be announced onto the dance floor. And typically that's a great time for them to go into the first dance. So when they go into their first dance right at that point, um, the bridal party can just stand and watch and oh, hopefully they're not blocking anyone, but also make sure mm -hmm. wherever they're standing, they're not blocking. Typically it would be like in front of a DJ. They could if DJ, you know, the bridal party, and then all the guests are kind of behind. So, um, and then they will still have to know after that where they're seated at the head table, because you do, you know, you, it, let's say it's a head table and they might have a signed place card right there. Mm -hmm. They're not going to want to go up there while everybody's watching and, and see <laughs> where no. am, I? am I over here? Am I over here? So we pre-tell them, here's the table. You're going to go here. You're going to go here. So they know exactly where to go. And it looks all orchestrated. Remember, this is like a play, you know, mm -hmm. you, we tell them, but these are things you don't really have to know too much in advance, but they do have to know in advance. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, or yeah, again, which table they might be sitting at if the bride and groom are at a sweetheart table. So yeah. now the different elements when they enter, like we mentioned, first dance, what other things could they do? I, I can do, oh, go ahead. 
<laughs> oh, I was going to say, I like um, once they're the bridal party seated, um, I like an immediate welcome and um, either by the father of the, you know, one of the parents or maybe a priest or just somebody to welcome, you know, what's next? Welcome then prayer, maybe? I don't know. What do you think? I know you like to get right into the dances, Jamie. <laughs> I like the party guy. No, I like that too. I like, I like when the, when I got married, we were announced in, we did our first dance, you know, I like that too. I like, I mean, I like it lots of different ways, but. Yeah. You just need to decide like yeah. that first dance when you do have it in the beginning, it opens. That's traditionally, if a bride and groom are on a dance floor first, that opens the dance floor for others. So if people wanted to dance, then during dinner, they could. So that's kind of a nice, you know, dancing during dinner, especially if there's courses. I mean, it's just a different way to do things. But if they didn't dance ahead of time, yeah, the welcome is great. Typically, a welcome is customary by the people that paid. Mm -hmm. So if the father of the bride did pay, he would welcome the guests. Um, if the couple paid for their own wedding, the couple would pay for the, or the couple would welcome the guests. Um, and they both thank them as well at that time. But yeah, it could go into um, speeches, right? We can do um, toasts. What are a couple other ways we could do the toasts? And um, like sometimes for toasts, I like to um, actually have them not in the beginning because I know that we've all been to- Yes or receptions where they go on forever. and on and on I mean and on and on. <laughs> I think the best thing to do is if you want to do speeches toward the beginning of dinner I am a big fan of the salad course and then speeches yeah. so I'm, I'm big fan of having food in front of me when that's happening um you can also do it after dinner like as dinner is winding down there's just like, there's so many endless, like, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you can do it here. You can do it here. You can do it here. But I would say that if you have some speeches, I'd like food in front of me. Yeah. How, how do you make sure they don't talk forever? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, as a planner, I'm back here going, but they don't always <laughs> see you. So, yeah. and, and I, by no means, none of us are going to cut anybody off. No. You can't, you cannot. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You're, you're, I talk to my couples about talking with those people who were talking and giving prior to and saying, listen, you have a three minute time. Like there's dad, I know you like to talk. It's dads, it's drunk best men, <laughs> rambling, rambling maid of honors who, who forgot their written speech. I mean, it's, it can be any, but telling them, come prepared, please, you get three minutes, we're on a, a strict timeline, and, and no extra, no extra, like, that timeline, how many times have you been at a wedding where, you know, Aunt Sally comes up and grabs the mic from <laughs> the DJ, and the DJ at that, like, you're just kind of stunned, as a prof wedding professional, you're stunned, and sometimes you can't say no, like, you just don't know how to say no. Yeah. So, this is why it is important to do them during the salad because it's not holding up your meal. If you guys, if you do, if you have talkers and you do them before 
your meal, they can't serve. Well, it, I have made some venues just serve because they literally, we were like 20 minutes late, maybe longer, and their meal would have just sucked. So I'm like, go, just go. They're never ending, just go. But if you don't have a planner or somebody like that, your people are not going to get fed. They're not going to go. They're going to yeah. wait and your food's going to be cold. So yeah. these yeah. are just things you have to think about or have somebody manage or you tell your DJ, listen, um, can you be my person that will, if, if it goes too long, make them serve or, or you tell the venue, if it goes too long, just go with the food or something. Pre-plan, planning, 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 right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I personally like it. Um, if this is okay. So that was all, if they have a served meal, if they have a buffet, I like it when the speeches happen at the end of dinner. And here's why. When you have a buffet, the bridal party gets served first. Mm -hmm. So they may be done eating by the time the last table gets up to get their meal. <laughs> by that time, they are pretty much done. So they are free to talk. They're already eaten. They've already eaten. They're free to talk. And the guests are still eating. So for me personally, I think if it's a buffet, it's okay to do it towards the end of dinner. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, or what, once the last table is served, you can, they can go. I mean, they can, and then after that, they can go right into cake cutting. Then mm -hmm. if they wanted to do the cake cutting at that time. Yeah. Well, then you don't have to worry about, so, you know, back to that catering comment that I made earlier, caterers need to serve their food on time mm -hmm. because that is, their food is, you've had a burger that's been sitting under the under the heat lamps for too long and you've you know you've had it yeah. that is what happens to food when it's been sitting there too long it's, it's being overcooked at yeah. that point and then and then it is your caterers um you know life on the line at that point because if their meal sucks because of how long those things went and their timeline got got messed up you're gonna think it was the caterer and really it may not have been no it may not have been no. <laughs> i've seen a lot of compromise i've seen a lot of caterers food compromised because yeah. couples or pictures or speeches ran late and that's a real shame because you're putting so much money into it and yeah. you know we do not want to compromise those meals or the reputations of the caterers so yeah. keep that in mind for sure so once you've eaten, once that food is served, really the rest of your timeline, whatever order you do it in, at the moment after food is served and done, it can be more flowing. So if you think there needs to be a little extra time for certain things, your dances, your, um, your speeches, maybe you have extra speeches. I don't know. People want to come out of the woodwork and speak to you if you want to open the mic. I don't know. You have time for that at that point. So that's, I think, why a lot of people decide to eat first and then do all of their, their traditional events afterward. Mm -hmm. We're not saying that's the answer every time. There's a lot of options. But if you decide to do certain things before dinner, you need to make sure it's well communicated with your catering professional um, and the people who are involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they'll, hopefully they'll step in to the caterers um to make sure they're guiding and pushing you forward if you didn't have somebody as well so 
um, yeah, after, after that, there might be, um, usually during, then there's going to be special dances, perhaps. So you, you decide which dances you want to do, if any. Um, but after that cake cutting, if you didn't have the first dance, then the first dance would happen. And then maybe um, father, daughter, mother, son, um, you know, it could be a anniversary dance. We've talked about the dollar dance. We've talked about, you know, all these other things that you could have. Um, I've seen a kid's dance where all the kids were out on the dance floor. Um, so you have all of these fun dances. During that time, um, they're usually they're cutting the cake in the back and they're displaying it or they would be serving it, one of the two. So that kind of just gets done. Unless you made that a course, then um, you probably wouldn't, you know, have everybody get up. Or you could still do those special dances while they're serving. And then once there's open dancing, hopefully they've already been served dessert and coffee. Yeah. Um, and then after those special dances, either might be, now I have some couples do the bouquet toss and the garter right away and, because they want to be done with everything mm -hmm. and then just party and there's nothing else. And then others will be like, no, this is more of a late night thing. We want to do it like an hour to hour, an hour to an hour and a half. Don't go much after than that. Hour to hour and a half later. Mm -hmm. um, and you can do that versus just not doing it at all. So yeah. that's what I've seen with the garter and, um, and we've talked about other things you can do in place of those. I don't see the garter done too often, but I do see the bouquet toss. We just always say, keep in mind, have single ladies if you're going to toss it or single men who, whatever you want, but single people be, that you have enough of them. Um, and if you choose to do your bouquet toss, make sure you have a toss bouquet. <laughs> if you are one that wants to keep a hold of your, of your bouquet, like I do back here, then you're not gonna wanna throw your real bouquet. So have a little mini toss bouquet. Your florist can put something together for you quite cheaply, or you can do it with yeah. some, you know, silk flowers and some bows, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I could probably tell you I've had, a, I don't know, numerous weddings that have forgotten the toss bouquet. And what do we do? We're either out picking flowers and making a buffet bouquet, or I'm grabbing one of the bridesmaids. And I'm like, yep. well, you don't get this anymore. You don't Sorry. get it. <laughs> yep. well, yeah, I know. Yeah. That person who wins, who, who catches that, they get to keep that. I mean, that's a symbol for them. So you don't want to have to ask for it back. <laughs> Plus, you don't want your bouquet tossed like your beautiful bouquet that you spent $150, $200 on. Like, no. Well, and some, feelings. Some, um, some brides like to have their, their flowers preserved. So mm -hmm. you can, there's such thing, you can have them preserved, um, you know, and you have to arrange this ahead of time. Don't be last minute. Yeah. But you can have your flowers preserved in a, a tons of different ways. My favorite is an ornament. You can have your flowers in an ornament. That's mom's usually. But anyway flower preservation. There's a plug for you. Um, I just, I love my bouquet and I wish I would have known about it. I would have done that. So. Yeah. Um, what else, what have we um, missed it? You know, we glanced by the cocktail hour. We do, I do want to say backing up 
try not to make it more than an hour, you guys. Yeah. It just, it gets too long for them. Um, so if you can make sure that your cocktail hours is an hour and then how your flow is going to be. And typically a reception time frame is about five hours, mm -hmm. um, four to five hours, if we're talking about that. And then, um, you know, your last couple hours are just the party time. Um, you might have late night snacks. Mm -hmm. um, and you might Which have we that. talked about on our last or a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we did. We talked about yeah. some fun ideas with late night snacks. So what about after party? If you're going to yeah. do an after party or and or transportation after. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd like to make one comment about the timeline. Depending on your venue, I think most bartenders will cut off 30 minutes before the event mm -hmm. ends. So yeah. don't be surprised if last call is at 1030 if your event ends at 11. Mm -hmm. Just yep. wanted to throw that in there. And maybe Absolutely. you should, especially with the home receptions, you, this is where they drink more, but you should consider cutting them off 30 minutes yeah. before. Otherwise, you better have, let's talk about a little bit of transportation before we wrap this up. Right. Why do they cut you off 30 minutes beforehand? Uh, yeah, uh, listen guys, drunk driving is a real thing when it comes to weddings. They've had, they've drank your free booze all night and then they think they can drive and it can come back on you and or your venue or whoever's liability. So you want to be really careful when it comes to this. When you're staying in a hotel, you're having your reception at a hotel. That's an amazing spot. You can your guests, the ones who are planning to drink, they will get hotel rooms. They will get hotel rooms right there on, the, mm -hmm. on, uh, on site. The other option is to supply transportation from a central location, usually a hotel, so that guests can stay there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm seeing a lot of Uber, Uber, either Uber codes, so you can do Uber, like little Uber gift cards. It's like $5 ride or something. Yeah, that is nice. It is. It's super nice. And you can do it and just, you can pass them out at the end. Someone can pass them out or, or I think you can just give everybody a code. I, I can't remember how it works, but you can look into it. Um, or just, um, tell everybody like, you know, you need to take Uber you need to, you know, so it, it depends on how your guests are and, mm -hmm. oh, um, shuttle service. Shuttle service is a mm -hmm. big, right. big, uh, option, great option, perfect option. Plus it saves space with parking. Yeah, that's great. You also should ask your venue um, if they allow cars to be overnight because they're, you know, some don't or some are going to charge you to open up the next day. Um, for the most part, just make sure vehicles can be left overnight and then those intoxicated guests might catch a ride with somebody else. Or, of course, their cars are going to be left there due to Ubers or taxis if they drove there. So just be, um, just be aware of that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, after parties, where it is, you know, hotel, I always say hotels are so darn good. Yeah, they're perfect. They might have a bar and you can just all carry on at a bar. But there might be, if you guys want to continue on um, past the time frame you're allotted, then you might want to continue at a nearby bar or restaurant or something like that or I've even had in a hotel where they actually had a separate room completely decorated you yeah. know all wanked out it was like really the nice hospitality suites oh, 
or a hospitality suites are big. They'll, they'll rent it out to you for a specific amount of hours. No one stays there, but it's great because it's away and you have your own space. It's perfect. Nice. Yeah. I would say if you're going to do, if you're going to do an after party at the hotel bar, whether you're planning to do it or you think everybody will meet up there afterwards, you don't want to pre-plan it. Let your hotel know, just give them a heads up. Um, they may tell you that the bar closes early that night. They may tell you, oh, it's open to 2 a.m., but if people are still drinking, maybe they're open a little longer. I don't know. Yeah. Um, let them know. You don't want them. They should not be hit with 100 people at the end of the night, and they aren't staffed for it. So they will greatly appreciate you um, preparing them for that influx. Yeah. 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 Um, and after parties are fun. It, I mean, I guess I've had, I've had couples. So have you guys had couples before that will leave before all the guests? Like I've literally had couples like, like the reception's gone till 11 and they're like, we're going to be taking off at 10 o'clock. I'm like, the Irish could be. I did that with my wedding, but I, I haven't had anybody else do it, but I'm like, dude, I want, chicken I want to go back to the hotel. <laughs> That's cute. They just dodge out, which, which speaking of that, um, grand exit would be something too that would come last. So if you were going to do any sort of grand exit, if that's in your plan, you definitely want to have that arranged and planned out with the DJ it, because he needs to corral. And I'm saying DJ, it could be a band too, but they need mm -hmm. to corral the guests, the left remaining guests for this um, exit that you might have planned. So. so the other thing that people are doing in lieu of a grand exit is if they just wanted to do a grand exit for pictures, they do a mock exit. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't really talk about that, but, um, the big thing is anything with lights, photography, darkness, lights, um, glow sticks or sparklers. Mm -hmm. A lot of people choose to do those a little earlier in the night and have a pretend mock exit. We could talk about that another time, how that would work, but it's not, your reception does not stop. Let me be clear. It does not stop during that time. Um, or you can do your grand exit where you do that same thing. Your photographer may not be there. Remember this because your photographer usually has set amount of hours. They may not be able or you may not want to pay them to extend their contract to that 11 p.m. time. So you may not get the pictures you want, but you can still have that formal end to the evening where music stops. You do the grand entrance and that everybody leaves at that point. So yeah, perfect. And the last thing is figure out what you have to take at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. And if you are allowed to pick it up the next day, or does it have to be out? And I'm going to strongly suggest the bride and groom not be, or the couple, not be in charge of that. But you put somebody else in charge if it has to be removed that night. Or you make arrangements for pickup the next day. And that's... That would, should probably wrap you up in the reception. And I guess the last, very, very last is where are you going to bed? Who are you sleeping, sleeping with? Who are you going to bed with? Hopefully your, your <laughs> fiance, your husband, your wife. I think we know that. <laughs> but I've, li I've had couples that said, oh, we're just going to go back home. And I'm like, really? I'm like, I, I really try to get to encourage them because they've lived together to mm. just have a special night. So make it special. There's so many awesome options in Columbus. So take advantage, have fun and end it, end it right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Airbnbs, even if it's down the street from you, it's just, it's romantic. 
You need it. Yep. So we talked about, um, you know, wedding reception time. I do want to tell you there's a little sample one in our new um, planning guide and it's online. It's on our Devoted Columbus website. So check it out. I'm looking at it now. It's page 42 and 43. Um, these will be in print. I think this timeline is in our current one too. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, if you, they're free. So if you need to pick them up in our um, wedding resource center here in Hilliard, you're always welcome to come by and pick them up. But we're here for you in any stage of your planning process. Many of our, um, the items we help you with, and Tammy's going to show you right yes, now, there there is. Is. Yep. Are, are free. So we've got the wedding experience coming up um, this month. Next month, we have the resale market. And um, just check the local events page on our um, website if you need help on your wedding day with our wedding day assistance, our planners, or if you just have questions, feel free to email us. But thanks so much for tuning in to us, and we will see you next time. Bye.